You know, the news cycle is so funny. There are some characters that just sort of keep our attention and capture so much oxygen when you talk about them. And Donald Trump is one of them. Sometimes it shocks me that uh, we're still talking about him. It feels like it's 2018 sometimes right back all over again. But Donald Trump, of course, heavily in the news today because he uh, has pleaded not guilty to 37 federal charges in this classified documents case. So we're going to get into what this could mean for him politically uh, and criminally with our guest, who's the department chair and professor of political science at Western University. Matt Lebo is joining us this afternoon. Matt, thanks so much for making the time. Really appreciate getting your perspective on this. Sure. So let's just start with the charges, okay? Because this is now the second time that he's been indicted. He is no stranger to criminal charges. This is pertaining to him holding illegal documents, right? Does it, is, it, is it as simple as that? Well, he held illegal documents and then, uh, sorry, he held classified documents. Right. He was asked to return them. Um, he hid them. He gave back some, moved some around more. He obstructed justice. He had his um, attorney um, uh, lie or he, and, and his aide lied. And so there's all sorts of steps here. Had he you know, taken the boxes and then uh, when asked for them, given them back, then I don't think this would have happened. And yet, here we are. Sometimes the things that you think won't happen with Trump happen anyways, and we're talking about it now. So explain the not guilty plea. I mean, this isn't exactly a shock. Well, no, that absolutely is the least shocking part about it, that he's pleading uh, not guilty. Um, there are 37 charges. The, the uh, indictment was released, and it shows... Um, you know that there's an awful lot of evidence there and different kinds of evidence that uh, involving uh, one of his former lawyers, um, involving recorded conversations. Um, there's a, his co-conspirator there, um, uh, Nada, is also uh, charged and I think pled not guilty today. So there, there's an awful uh, an awful lot there and, and uh, 37 charges that, that carry a lot of potential prison time. So this is this is really serious. And we can go down a few different roads of hypotheticals here about what he could be facing in terms of prison time. But to add another layer of this, he also has said that he is he is going ahead with this campaign for presidency for 2024. And he is so far looking like he's going to be the Republican candidate, right? He's leading the charge. He's got a ton of support. Uh, yes, he is. Polls are showing him really far ahead. Um, for the Republican nomination, and uh, it's it's early, but it's not that early. You know, if somebody was out there who had a good chance of beating him for the for the Republican nomination, we probably would have heard of them by now. There's a chance of collapse, but yeah, we've been saying that for eight years now. Um, so he's looking in good shape for the Republican nomination. You can run for president uh, when under indictment. You can run from prison uh, if you're in prison. So. Uh, as long as he wants to keep going forward, um, he can until you know the voters uh, give up on him. He's already said that these charges are a form of election interference. So I think that gives us an idea of what this campaign is going to look like, right? He's the he's the scapegoat. He's the victim. Uh, you know, it's a flawed system that's out to get him. Do you do you think there's going to be more to what he will he will spin with this campaign? What do you think it's going to look like? 
Well, I, no, what you said is is right. That's that's going to be what he talks about um, over and over again, and probably in stronger and stronger terms that he's being persecuted, and it's uh, dangerous for democracy, you know, to to, to undermine people's trust in um, in the rule of law, and to see the two parties as being involved in in um, uh, you know trying to trying to. Uh, frame the the candidates from the other party, mm-hmm. so that's pretty dangerous stuff. Um, but I, I think that's what what gets his base excited, and he's he's always been um, uh, his view of, of how to win an election has always been unusual in that he sees getting his people as excited as he possibly can as the way to victory, as opposed to trying to find another five percent of people in the middle. And uh, that got him by in 2016, and it almost got him by in 2020. And it doesn't seem like he he sees any reason to uh, to change. He still wants to excite his people as much as possible. I'm so glad that you mentioned that it's dangerous for democracy because I really wonder what the ripple effect of this could potentially be. And like I said, we're kind of running down a few different hypotheticals, right? You know, if he wins the Republican nomination, if he wins the presidency, what that could all look like. Um, but I wonder in a country like Canada where we're arguably influenced by American politics, what do you think that does to our state of mind and to our, our security and trust in these democratic systems? Um, I think it's a good lesson for Canada. You know, you can political parties can fight with each other, um, but they need to have a shared understanding of what the truth is. They need to have a shared understanding of what the rules of the game are and, and be okay with punishing people from either party if they break those rules. And in the U.S., we're, you know, that they're, they're getting quite quite far away from that. It's not just that Trump is breaking the rules and claiming that he's uh, being persecuted. It's that so many people in his party are saying the same thing. Um, you know, the Marco Rubio and, and um, uh, Nikki Haley today said she'd probably pardon him. There's all, all sorts of other leaders in the Republican Party that are calling this uh, persecution. And did he do anything wrong? Well, so did Hillary Clinton, so did uh, Hunter Biden. And, and just a refusal to say, you know, we're going to look at the evidence of this case. And if somebody broke the law, if somebody held classified documents and was showing them to Kid Rock, we're going to decide that that's wrong and we're going to do something about it. You know, you can sort of see where this will potentially go uh, if it does go to trial, what the arguments will look like, the arguments um, for for his innocence. And so I just, I wonder, I wonder what that looks like if we get to a point where he is really facing down these charges. Will he, will he ultimately get away with them? Because this isn't the only one. As we mentioned, he's been indicted in another case. He's facing criminal charges when it comes to the January 6th insurrection. So is there nothing that can, <laughs> that can land? I, I wonder, too. I, I, I don't know. This is so unprecedented. I do imagine that this will take a long, long time, mm-hmm. that uh, court proceedings will be drawn out. I don't expect there to be verdicts before November of 2024. Right. I, it, it could be faster than that. But um, so, yeah, there's all sorts of different possibilities that these trials are ongoing and, and he uh, wins and then the verdicts come down. I, I, I can't imagine that. Um, but I think it, it does make the election quite different, of course, with, with uh, these things hanging over him um, immediately. He'll be, he'll be attending Republican debates in just a few weeks um, with all these, uh, you know, really under arrest. 
There are so many questions about this. As you mentioned, you know, when this could all go to trial and will it happen before the election or not? I mean, I think if this was fast-tracked and he was tried before then and found guilty, then that's going to cause such a state of mistrust and uproar based on the way that that will then be spun. He could win even he could win pre- the presidency even if he was convicted. And then could he not just exonerate himself? What would that look like? I guess I guess that's what it would look like he would, if he was elected president, and then he could uh, potentially he could pardon himself. Which, Nothing would surprise me would at this ridiculous. point. Would that surprise you? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he pardoned himself. No, but I, I, at this point, I would be surprised if he won re-election. He lost the last time by seven million votes, and I don't see why anyone would. You know, the people aren't. Uh, lots of people are not thrilled with Joe Biden, but I don't see why anyone would who voted for Joe Biden would look back on the last two years and look at look at Donald Trump and say, you know what, this time I'm voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. So I don't see where he picks up ground. Okay, so yeah, so he would have to then sway voters back onto his side, and right now it looks like that's, that's how this election would shake out. He either has to sway voters or he, he has to get, you know, people who, uh, non-voters or new voters mm. uh, to prefer him to Joe Biden. And that part also seems pretty unlikely. You know, in the 2022 midterm elections, it was Democrats who were energized by the overturning of Roe v. Wade. A lot of younger voters um, uh, voted more in 2022. And so the trend is, if in if that follows in 2024, then um, it will be a better year for, uh, for Democrats um, than you might expect. Just going back to these charges with these, um, these classified documents that he was holding, the argument is essentially that he hasn't done anything that anyone else hasn't already done, right? So the situation of people pointing out that Joe Biden was found with documents as well, it, it is different than this. Can you explain how? I, I suppose those arguments, you know, they might... They might um, fire up his base and, and, and get some some uh, voters to uh, ignore these when thinking about who they're going to vote for. But, you know, at, at, in terms of arguing your case in court, um, I think that they will be pretty weak. There are cases, of course, where uh, there have been classified documents that have been uh, held by people um, um, outside of uh, the presidency or, or, or people who mishandled documents. But there isn't the case of refusing to give them back. And there isn't the case of um, uh, hiding things from from uh, lawyers, the obstruction of justice. And I, I imagine that courts don't care who else has broken the law. They're going to deal with the facts in that particular case. And so um, just the, the, the reading of the indictment, it, it looks like he's in very big trouble. Mm. Okay, Matt Lebo, a department chair and professor of political science at Western University. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Really appreciate the conversation. You're welcome. Take care.